Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Ryan Huang joins me this morning as we break down all the market action. Good morning, Ryan. Hey, Michelle. How's it going? Really good. Let's start this morning in the world of technology, more specifically in Mountain View, California, where Google is holding an annual conference to show off what its developers have been working on in the past year. There's a new 1800 US dollar folding phone. It's supposed to be the thinnest on the market. Google also rolling out an updated operating system for Wear Smart Watches and several AI developments. So let's start with that. Google is adding artificial intelligence-powered snapshots to its search engine. It's making Bard AI, its chatbot, more widely available, and it's adding new AI customization options to Android phones. Of all these new announcements, I'm curious, Ryan, what's caught your eye? Yeah, it is quite a blockbuster slew of announcements. And what catches my eye is a feature called Help me write. So have you been through those moments when you're looking at your email inbox and you just dread starting (laughs) writing any of the emails because... The ping pong will start. Inertia of of sorts. And here you have Google now allowing AI to almost auto-complete your writing, the entire email, not just a sentence. So you just get started with a few lines and then it can help you to generate the rest of your email based on the smartness of AI. Imagine wow, that. Wow, that sounds and like heaven. And it's not heaven. just emails. <gasps> you can also get it to complete your spreadsheets. And also, if you're writing an essay, fill up the rest of your essay, your sales pitch. <laughs> Or even if you're trying to advertise for someone to be hired at your company, if you want to do the JD or job description, you just type in, I need a sales manager, and it will just generate what it thinks a sales manager might need. So you just have to get started and it'll finish up for you. So it's called Help Me Write, and I was thinking, wow, this is going to make me very lazy. This is amazing, Ryan. Help me write. Can you? I can hear the copywriters out there, though, uh, you know, crying because they're wondering mm. if they're out of a job. Because yeah, this could potentially write your that. Facebook ads, press releases. Uh, I'm not sure where this could where this could go. Yeah. It's just quite um, interesting to see the potential of AI writing for you. And of course, you do have to check your work and to make sure they didn't go you know, off tangent. Uh, but it is quite promising to see this um, being developed. Well, thanks for that. That's just brilliant. I know I'm Googling right now. The entire book, wow. Help me write. Is it helpmewrite.com? You've got to stay tuned for the um, Google stuff. Uh, The other one that's quite interesting for me is Mm. uh, wallpapers. So if you're familiar with your screensavers, your lock screen on your phones or even your computers, you get these stock images. Hey, guess what? You can have AI generate custom, unique wallpapers for you based on your prompts and suggestions. Maybe you like dogs, Michelle. Yeah. Hey, you can have uh, juggling dogs. Every day you have a different juggling dog. The AI will create that picture for you. And maybe you can be in that picture, you know, oh, juggling it. dogs with Michelle Martin. Oh. So every day, a different dog with Michelle. I love it. So it is just customizing things to a new level for you. Oh my goodness, Christmas came early. Microsoft also made a very interesting announcement on the AI front. It's going to make it easier for novices like you and I, Ryan, to build our own apps. What do you think of that? 
Yeah, I mean, coding is the new language these days everyone needs to learn. So maybe you don't even need to learn coding. It's just as easy as asking AI to do the coding for you. So putting together the stuff, building blocks, so to speak, and creating new products by yourself easily. I remember back in the day when mm. we had HTML, everyone was trying to figure out how to do a website. You really had to use Notepad and type in all those commands. And then it got much more uh, easy to do with all the graphic interfaces. And I think we are going through that same journey. Just enabling more people to do the same thing more easily. Amazing. But not everyone at Microsoft is going to be happy this morning, though. The tech giant has announced there will be no salary increases for its full-time employees this year and that annual bonuses will be cut sharply. This is all part of the company's cost-cutting moves. However, compared with all the layoffs that we've seen overall in the tech sector, think back to them, including at Microsoft, I guess it could be worse. One more tech story I have to share for you today, and this one has to do with Apple. Apple shares are up 33% since the beginning of the year. The iPhone maker's market cap is now 2.7 trillion US dollars. I'm going to put this in perspective for you. There's an interesting study out there called the Dimensional Matrix Book, and it compares Apple to the world's largest economy. So how does it place? (laughs) Yeah, you really have to take a look at this table to understand the context of how big Apple is. So first, there's a table of countries and their stock exchanges. So right at the top, no surprise, is the US, $40 trillion. is far and away the leader. The next one is Japan, $4.1 trillion. And then the rest, you've got it at 2.6, which is the UK, China, 2.5, Canada, 2.1, um, and so on. But... If you put Apple into the mix, it slots in at number three, just behind Japan, which means Japan's, or rather Apple's stock is more valuable than all the companies on the UK Stock Exchange, all the companies on the China Stock Exchange, all the companies in Canada. So that is how big it is. Just one company alone, Apple, is bigger than the entire stock exchange of companies. Oh my gosh. Apple bigger than all 595 companies at list in the UK. Unbelievable. Okay, let's take a look at the broader US markets because shares will mix overnight as investors assess the latest price data. For the first time in two years, inflation is coming in below 5%. What's the latest on this front? Yeah, first time in two years. So this is, well, a glass half full, so to speak, because it does show that there are encouraging signs that inflation is slowing down uh, 4.9% below the consensus forecast of 5% and also down from the 5% in March. So this is the 10th month in a row that prices have slowed. Among the reasons, you've got what's falling, prices for milk, airline tickets and new cars. That helped to bring inflation lower. Uh, But bear in mind, the Fed's target is 2%. So it still has some ways to go. All right, food prices leveling off in the U.S., as you mentioned, but core inflation, that figure that you get after you strip out food and energy prices, still running at around 5.5%. So, Ryan, that may not be a good sign for the U.S. Federal Reserve as it assesses whether or not to raise interest rates again. What do you think? Yeah, so this is with the latest Fed speak coming through, and this is from Tom Barkin, Mm. president of the Federal Reserve Bank of Richmond. Uh, So he is pointing out, hey, Inflation still remains stubbornly high, even though there is slow baby steps that were inching lower 
to 2%. It is still far away from 2%, which is now 5%. So you've got a lot, a lot of work um, to be done to bring it down to that level. He's not that optimistic um, it will be anytime soon. Uh, if you look at some of the anecdotes or observations that he's coming forth with, he is saying that his um, banks in his region, which includes Virginia, North Carolina, and other parts, they are slowing their lending. So that's not good news if you are looking at how the economy is you know, functioning. You need activity, you need business to keep going on. If you have people you know, not borrowing as much, it could lead to a downward spiral and then a hard lending. And so you have that prospect playing out plus high inflation is not what you want exactly. You probably want either one. Otherwise, if you have both problems at the same time, it just leaves you in a very deep hole. So it seems very much like a glass half empty, glass half full sort of scenario. On the um, one hand, inflation appears to be leveling off, maybe not, particularly after you factor out food and energy. I guess the big question on many investors' minds is whether or not the Fed is actually set to pause interest rate hikes or maybe even pivot. What do you think? Yeah, so that is actually interesting to see how a lot of market watchers are starting to talk about rate cuts mm. this year, second half of this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is off perhaps fueled by the latest CPI numbers as well that, hey, maybe the drop or slight drop in inflation data is lending uh, strength to that narrative that there is going to be room for rate cuts. But we've been hearing from Fed speakers like Fetcher Jerome Powell saying, hey, that is not on the table they don't expect to cut rates. So there is a bit of um, disconnect. The Fed wanting to wait for more data before they can commit to really uh, saying there's going to be a rate cut. But markets are thinking otherwise, looking at other parts of the indicators. Now, um, yeah, Philip Security is pointing out that history suggests investors are rewarded for buying stocks when the Fed pivots. It notes that the S&P 500 tends to rally in the months after rates peak, about 8.8% within a year. All right, let's turn to corporate earnings now. The Walt Disney Company taking center stage. It grossed nearly 22 billion US dollars during the first quarter of this year. This is more or less in line with Wall Street expectations. Investors are really zooming in, though, on Disney Plus. Just how is the streaming service doing? Yeah, as you expect, the streaming um, space is quite competitive and they lost subscribers, a big drop in subscribers. So this saw Disney Plus losing 4 million subscribers during the first four months of the year. So not great if you are looking at those numbers. Uh, good, good part about it is um, they hiked prices mm-hmm. during that time. So that helped offset some of those losses. So that was good news on that front. Um, and well, if I want to look at the coming quarters, Disney is predicting a wider loss for its streaming business. So even though it managed to narrow its losses in this quarter that they just reported going forwards, that loss is going to widen. So it's a sign of how volatile and difficult making it profitable that business is for Disney+. Plus. Yeah, one of the subscribers they lost was me. 
What happened, Michelle? Uh, I didn't find Mandalorian, the follow-up, compelling enough oh, dear. to stay so on the series. got their work cut out for Then Bob Iger needs to focus on relevant, timely content and dropping it fast enough to keep eyeballs. All right, looking at how Disney, Netflix and others are performing, there's a headline that says, The streaming media wars are over. Remember all that talk? about the media wars, mm. streaming-wise. CNBC's Alex Sherman argues that media giants need to figure out what is next. Walk yeah. us through this. So this is where you've got Disney losing subscribers and then you've got other platforms picking up a few subscribers here and there. And it's been quite patchy. Netflix adding 1.75 in the first quarter. You might remember not too long ago, they lost subscribers. Warner Brothers Discovery added 1.6 million in the latest quarter. Uh, but it has been back and forth, back and forth. And I think there is a sense that they are starting to plateau. The pie is not getting any bigger from where it is right now, at least not significantly. And I think the attention now turns to profitability. So they want to monetize what they have right now, I think, in recognition that they can only splash the cash so much to gain market share. So that land-grabbing phase is gone. They want to figure out how to monetize their existing base. So things like ad tiers or things like just cutting costs. So you've got all that coming into play right now as they try to I guess, navigate this current backdrop, which I think is also an issue. You've got interest rates high and elevated. Mm. That adds to the pressure on many of these companies to squeeze out profit even more. And I think with um, that expectations from uh, shareholders intensifying, these companies have to figure out what they want to do, which in this case, prioritize making money versus growing subscribers at a cost, marketing costs. All right. Good points there. Let's have a look at the Elon Musk files. You know, occasionally we dust them off. Musk taking steps to broaden Twitter's offerings and to turn it into more of a super app, perhaps like WeChat. What's the latest on this front? Yeah, this is actually quite interesting because Twitter is changing. It's not the boring, I tweet a few characters and then wait for people to reply me. It's going to be really changing the game in terms of how it operates because of a few things. You have um, the CEO Elon Musk talking about a few plans to boost communication features on Twitter. And one of them is, I think I would describe it as taking a leaf out of WhatsApp. You can now reply to any message on a thread. So previously, you could only reply to the latest message, but now you can just single out any particular comment or discussion point that you want to um, refer to and just pick on that. And I think this is what uh, really changed WhatsApp as well. You could, in a long conversation, reply to a single point like, hey, I don't agree with that point. Mm. So that gives it more uh, nuanced um, significance when it comes to communication. So that is one part. The other part is how they are looking to add video and audio calls. So it's going to be um, even more robust platform to communicate with your friends and the, the hook here or the selling point here is you don't need someone's phone number to call them or to talk to them which is actually a leaf out of Telegram so they are just combining all these features that are working elsewhere and making Twitter a more compelling product. The more time you spend on Twitter, the more time you maybe serve ads or use other Twitter functions or other parts of the Elon Musk ecosystem. So that is really you know, making progress at Twitter right now. 
Yeah, I guess the devil's in the details. Back in February, Musk promised there would be some sort of advertising revenue sharing with Creators Initiative. But that was February. That hasn't been rolled out yet. So this all sounds like a good step forward. But one thing that people cannot do in Twitter yet is make payments. Now, by contrast, Twitter's competitor Meta, which owns WhatsApp, has rolled out just a couple of days ago a features a payment feature here in Singapore, which means that you can pay as easily as you tap out a message on your WhatsApp. It sounds to me like we should chalk one up for Meta. It's beaten Twitter to the hmm. goal here. What do you think? Yeah, it's beaten Twitter to punch here yeah, with that feature where you can now, you know, talking to a business on WhatsApp, they can generate a button for you. Hey, review and pay. And just with a few simple clicks, you can pay through card or pay now. It is as simple as that. That really brings e-commerce up one level on WhatsApp. But I imagine Twitter is watching this space very closely. And Elon Musk, of course, founded PayPal. So I'm sure he's got that on his radar. You're right, yeah. I think the startup before PayPal was also a peer-to-peer um, platform that Elon Musk founded ages ago. So you'd think he'd be on the case. Now, yesterday on the show, we talked about how former media celebrity on Fox, Tucker Carlson, is planning to launch his new show on Twitter, possibly in violation of his non-compete clause with Fox. It turns out Elon Musk is kind of lukewarm to the idea. So what did Musk tweet about Carlson coming onto his social media platform? Yeah, yet another dimension of how Twitter is changing. Twitter TV. Mm. Because you've got Tucker Carlson, one of the biggest hosts on TV, previously Fox, uh, jumping ship to Twitter. So what happened or didn't happen is you have expected after Tucker Carlson's big announcement that he's going to Twitter that you get some fanfare of, uh, or some support from Elon Musk. But the response was uh, less than enthusiastic. He didn't really play it up. In fact, he was uh, came out to say that there was no deal signed of any kind whatsoever. And... Mr. Carlson will not get any special deal. He'll get the same stuff everyone else gets in terms of revenue sharing. So he's just like any other content creator. So he just tried to play it down effectively. Yeah. Not sounding very warm there. Everybody's allowed here, he said. We think that's a good thing. We've not signed a deal whatsoever. So Musk has been facing a sharp drop in advertising on Twitter. You'd think he'd welcome uh, this latest burst of publicity and jump on it. But he may be concerned that if he welcomed Tucker Carlson too warmly, Mm. even more advertisers would flee. Yeah, quite a hot potato. Exactly. All right, let's uh, look at corporate news. It's up or down time. Are you ready? Let's go. Let's look at Panasonic. All right, Panasonic. Mm-hmm. I am looking at it up because mm-hmm. it's expecting net profit to go up to record high this year. And this off the back of batteries is making for EVs and also a hefty tax credit in the U.S. So robust demand for Panasonic's EV batteries mean record profits. Uh, so that's an up for Panasonic for me over in Japan. How's Toyota doing? All right, let's take a look at Toyota. And that is also an up and mm. also because of EVs. So profit is expected to climb 10% this fiscal year. And it's going to be with a five-fold jump in EV sales alone and also being helped with the tailwinds of easing supply chain disruptions from the shortage of chips from before. So some base effects there helping Toyota. So Toyota's annual profits, as you mentioned, up 10%. Uh, very strong quarter for the car makers. So an up in my book for Toyota. How's the gaming platform Roblox doing? All right, one of my favorite companies, Roblox. <laughs> and they 
Ah, and up for me because quarterly bookings for Roblox were above expectations. So you've got audiences or people using Roblox swarming to the platform for new games. Mm. Apparently, Adopt Me, Pet Simulator X, among some of the big hits, helping to get more traction for Roblox. I gotta check Roblox out. A lot of my friends' kids absolutely adore this, um, but it's losing money. Its subscriber numbers, though, are up, and it is still one of the world's most popular gaming sites for children. Roblox doubling down on collaborations with the likes of NFL, FIFA, artists like Mariah Carey, Elton John. So, mm. on the back of all that, I'll give Roblox an up. How's Beyond Meat doing? I have not had a full burger in a while. Have you had Beyond Meat before? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so um, that was a bigger um, fad. I would describe it as a fad. Mm-hmm. Seems it to have died was. down a bit. But yeah, Beyond Meat uh, is definitely looking to expand or at least try to get things going because they want to raise capital as much as $200 million in equity offering. So selling more shares to raise money as it tries to figure out what to do with the business, which is not doing so well because sales are dropping and their cash reserves are also declining. So it's got to figure out what to do and buy some time with more cash. So that's a, that's a downfall beyond me for me. Okay, if I'm honest, too salty. So <laughs> on the taste side, it's a down for me. But on the money side, Beyond Meat is losing money, but its sales are also exceeding expectations. So that could be a sign that demand for vegetarian products could be expanding. If we look at share prices, Beyond Meat shares down 50% over the past year. But I think this could be an inflection point. So I'll give Beyond Meat a cautious up. Mm. Let's look at Singapore Airlines. All right, Singapore Airlines is going to be an up. And this is in the news where it is going to be redeeming half its MCBs or mandatory convertible bonds with its cash reserves. And this is worth, um, I guess, a milestone moment to talk about because it means SIA is um, well on its way to recovery the cash reserves are healthy enough for it to redeem its MCBs. Yeah, so SIA taking another step towards post-pandemic normalcy with the buyback of half of the convertible bonds issued in 2021. That's an up for SIA in my book. How's ABN AMRO looking? All right, let's take a look at the bank. And I am looking at up for ABN. First quarter net profit is higher by 77%. And the familiar themes of higher rates uh, helping ABN and also we've got lower costs helping ABM, interestingly. So that is um, improving its margins. Fantastic. Okay, um, that's it for Market View. Ryan Huang helping us out with writing again. Tell us what service we should be looking at. <laughs> Help me write by Google. <laughs> That's a game changer, that one. Market View here. I'm Michelle Martin. He's Ryan Huang. Stay with us. Much more coming up here on Your Money. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.